and then you realize hi I, I need a house i need a car it's, it's not enough so then you get a loan somehow you get more money and then you just hope that whatever money you make last to pay for this interest on the loan or whatever and also for everything and and that's it and then you stumble upon things you didn't know were important like then you stumble upon taxes you stumble upon retirement and you just take it as it goes and you just kind of flow adrift right like wherever the tides uh, pull you however you can also go about it in a smart way hey guys my name is akshita i'm a data analyst and a travel enthusiast i'm anand i'm a finance bro and a tech geek and you're listening to the why coordinate the weekly podcast where we discuss the why behind human society and behavior lessons from pop culture and our own experiences to lead a more intentional efficient and happy life hi guys welcome to the why coordinate hi anug how are you <laughs> so we flipped the script today akshita uh, yes <laughs> today was the monaco G- gp which is like the most prestigious race yes, in yes. the f1 calendar and um lewis hamilton did not win that race he came seventh now uh, red bull is at the top of the table so it's been an exciting who was it max uh, max verstappen um, max verstappen right yeah so it's been it's been like a great evening so far i'm quite excited and uh, that's nice <laughs> that's nice nice to support uh, who do you support i've not really had this conversation with you but like who's your who do you support individually as a driver and as like a team so uh, with formula 1 it's like i'm so into that sport that uh, i am like i don't have like a favorite anymore i, I like all of them uh, it's 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 almost like you know you, you want to see everyone perform i'm kind of not into mercedes and lewis hamilton winning because they keep winning all the time it's, it's yeah it's un- like the norm unlike any other sport i follow like i feel like you know anyone wins if it's if it's an exciting race that's all i want that's all i care about i don't want it to be like a very boring thing understood yeah it's definitely a way like this is not like a boring sport like any right. second anything can happen so it's like all eyes on deck yeah that's nice so anyways today we're joined by our friend from peru uh mr eric brown uh eric thank you so much hello yesterday uh welcome to the y coordinate why don't you go and great thanks use uh, yourself to our uh, listeners yeah sure uh before that i actually have a, an important question sort of have we decided on the title of this episode because i, I think last time i checked it was something along the lines of why is personal finance important but i was wondering if we can get like a more attention grabbing title that really captures the captures the the attention maybe we can discuss that after we talk and and let's see how that goes something sure. like why finance can save your life or something yeah. dramatic or sort <laughs> yeah for sure um, yeah so along those lines i work in finance and i also have had some experience teaching uh finance courses on private academies so i think that's where that's where my interest in the whole subject stems from actually i studied engineering i started studying mechatronics engineering but and i didn't like it too much i just went for it because it sounded complicated and i, I said i want to do stuff stuff right but along the way i then moved on to industrial engineering I think you guys over there might call it process engineering or something along the sorts. And in, in the subject, in that uh, in that field, 
you actually get some courses in finance. And once I got to that stage, I really liked them. That I, I want to do this. Like I didn't know it was a possibility because no one in my family or my close circle had careers in economics in finance. So I basically I didn't know that world. So once I got to to know it, I said I, I want to work in it. So I basically pushed hard, you know, finishing the degree, which is in engineering, learning subjects which I already knew I didn't want to partake in, but still uh, getting on the side to know stuff. Uh, studied for the CFA, the FRM, then getting jobs in finance, first an internship, then an analyst, and so on. And I, I think I have pushed through great. Uh, I have managed to insert myself in that field, sort of. And I have also done some teaching which one of, with one of my ex-bosses from one of my previous jobs. Uh, it's kind of like courses aimed at public university students mostly, sort of like giving them a, an even field, a playing field, so they can also insert into this job field. Like usually most careers here are from people in the, some, some sort of the top universities, but for these students, which are also interested in studying finance, we give them these courses, which are really applied from our professional experience. So then they can um, insert themselves in this field and basically give them like a fighting chance, a fairer chance. So I think that's also cool. And in line with that is that I, I came up with this topic, which actually there is a little background here. It's regarding the current state of affairs in, in Peru, which might not exactly make this a, a future-proof comment in the sense that if you listen to this months later, it won't be relevant, but I'm still <laughs> trying to get to paint the picture. Uh, as I mentioned to you guys, there is this presidential election upcoming in Peru, and it really highlighted to me the importance of knowing personal finance, no? because then you can make the analogy from the person to the country and how they manage their money and why some proposals of some candidates uh, push more like a communist or socialist agenda might make no sense like it's very populist you give people many stuff but it doesn't make sense from an economic or financial standpoint like how are you going to finance this what's going to happen to investment so on and so forth huh? so i think that's part another part of the motivation for this discussion lovely that is very exciting i think we are in for a very very interesting discussion here direct uh, so you mentioned that not only have you studied finance and you pivoted from mechatronics and industrial engineering to finance, but you also teach finance. And uh, so what uh, what got you into teaching? Um, do you have like, uh, like this, is your family in the field of education? And like, do you have any kind of stories about how it is being on the other side of the classroom table? Yeah, that's really an interesting question because I, I hadn't actually thought of that before. I mean, it's not like I, I slipped that question into the interviewer, so we might discuss it here. But <laughs> it's, really, it's really interesting because, you see, from, from the side of my family, of my dad, my grandfather actually liked teaching a lot. He, back in the days in Peru, where it wasn't so common to know English since it, there wasn't as much globalization as there is now, he actually uh, started English academies. He taught that. Then he he worked writing books to teach in to teach different languages. Actually, he 
knew like around six or seven languages. Many of them were self-taught by himself, reading or talking to people and so forth. So there has always been that motivation. And actually from my mother's side of the family, my mom is actually a teacher. She teaches Spanish and literature in high school. So and she actually taught me one grade. I, I studied in the same school she worked in because there were obviously financial benefits like synergies. But uh, she actually told me one year, it was very funny because since everyone knew she was my mom, I, I totally did not care. And I raised my hand and said, mom, this thing, I never said teacher. <laughs> Come on. So, so that was funny. Mm. Uh, but I, actually, I, I like teaching. I like explaining. Certainly helps, for instance, when studying for the CFA, because you already know you're going to work in some field like uh, sure, finance seems like one narrow thing from afar, but once you're in there, like it can be investments, it can be corporate finance, like you already know. So once I knew I was in corporate finance, like when for a CFA too, I had to read all these things about real estate investments or, or econometric, like the, the garage models. I don't know, like I knew I'm not going to work in this, but like to get through this, I thought, what happens if I teach this, right? Like. It will be important to know this for me because then I can teach it. And that sort of mindset also helps. Interesting. Uh, and in your story, my favorite part was that like a true uh, finance investment advisor, you talked about synergies when it comes to <laughs> you going to the same school as the one that your mom taught in. I found yeah. that quite <laughs> um, interesting. Okay, so let's let's dive straight in. Uh, to the topic of today. So so before we start talking about, you know, why personal finance is important and, you know, why we want you to learn about it and look at it at a more macro level, uh, what does personal finance mean exactly? Like what, what do you, how do you define what personal finance is and what are like the more important aspects mm -hmm. of it? Sure. So basically personal finance, well, actually finance literacy, sort of say, is knowing what to do with money. And it's personal because you talk about your own life, right? There are many things people go through, like debt, owning a house, a car. Then there's all these things about taxes and planning for your retirement. Then there is stuff with insurance. So how, how do you use the money you receive in a responsible, smart way? And it actually starts with knowing about savings, like knowing what is a budget. So I think that spectrum of savings, uh, debt, investments, and future planning is what I would say is the scope of personal finance. Yeah, I think uh, Eric's kind of covered all of the points that I had. Uh, whoever does not know this fact about me, I absolutely do not know anything in finance. I, I do not know anything. <laughs> if I could go negative, I'm probably in the negative space of knowing finance or anything about that world. Um, so this is going to be an interesting conversation for me. I'm going to learn so much from Eric. In this one line, great, says, great. I've learned so much <laughs> already. But yes, before this conversation, Perfect. I was just like reading up about like, you know, what this was the first time I was listening to what like financial literacy is. And I was like, okay, let me see what it is. And what I figured is what Eric just mentioned. It's what to do with your own personal money and how to make it work the best for you and how to make the yes. best out of what you have. So as you said, like, you know, budgeting, first getting a budget, understanding how to save, what's the best way to save. And all of this is for some 
long-term planning that you have um, and you do that through investments etc cetera, etc cetera. so I think this entire chain of events from when you get money and then um, how to save it how to use it what to do with it why should you invest in some things not the other things all of this is what personal finance possibly means so yeah I'm excited to see where this goes <laughs> Okay, no pressure. <laughs> okay. I found my teacher. I found my finance teacher now, Eric. <laughs> yeah, Thank you. your future uh, money balance in your in your later years <laughs> is going to depend on if I explain this properly or <laughs> I don't. So better not to mess up. No pressure, no pressure. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, uh, so you mentioned so just to kind of recap the major components of personal finance is uh, a understanding budgeting savings investments insurance and uh, wealth yeah, i also estate. think yeah wealth and also this uh, how to deal with like the taxes and the laws of like yeah and, uh, and also debt like loans debt, credit cards yes. yeah loans yeah. and all of the as you said the cars house like all your Um, yeah planning like planning yes. for your retirement planning for your goals yeah. education i'm just like spitting out words now <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll uh, dig deeper into this uh, but first eric i want to learn from you because so like akshita akshita is just starting off with her career and she she's not really thought about personal finance and you know given it too much thought and i was also like her at kind of her age where I mean, I knew that you know saving is a thing that you should do, investments you should do, but it was like the pinnacle of adulting when you start filing for your taxes, start thinking about yeah. retirement account and all that. Like that's the the boring adulting. Yeah, it's a trial you, of passage, right? Yeah, yeah. You, right you try to uh, defer it as much as possible. So, uh, <laughs> in fact, in fact, for me personally, I've been. uh like so the cfa level 3 curriculum is extremely heavy on like the private wealth management portfolio management uh, that sort of uh, like less corporate finance and valuations and more portfolio management yeah and estate yeah. planning and all that so in fact studying for that has given me quite a lot of like it has almost doubled or tripled whatever understanding of you know this personal finance thing i had but like so it took me so many years to get here before i started understanding and i was kind of forced into shove down my throat because of the curriculum for you when when did that happen like when did you first hear about like these concepts of personal finance mm-hmm. how did that discovery kind of go for you yeah you know it was actually in my university once i knew i wanted to work in finance i was kind of getting to think about Well, working something means I'm have to going to get hired somewhere, right? Like I only I am only in a field as long as I am actually being paid or somebody acknowledges that I can work in something. So I was trying to see how can I lever my playfield, right? Like what can I use in my advantage in the short term to get like this initial internship in finance. Eventually, what actually helped was Excel and programming uh, Visual Basic macros. and saving time for the people that, that was the eventual uh, the eventual way to open the door but before i knew that was actually going to happen uh, i started to try uh, doing things with the resources i had in my university i started attending classes from other faculties so i, I was in engineering my university in particular is not known for business or finance but there were courses in economics 
actually the economics department is more focused on macro policies and how to deal with uh, allocations of the country, not, not so much in the private sector. But still, you know, I get some better grasp of economics from better than my initial introductory course in engineering, industrial engineering, and that was it. But I also wanted to do like a personal or like a club with the students, like start in, in my extracurricular activity. So I think that was also a good way to to add my resume game right, for the for the part. <laughs> and we found that doing these activities about learning personal finance and then holding like talks to teach this to people was, was actually a good activity that the community, the university community would value, right? So we did that, uh, we did it in about a term. Unfortunately, then the group dissolved because one of the, one of the guys actually went abroad to a change program. I got my internship, so I started working. So it was short-lived. It was um, like some months, one term. But still, it was good. We we got to know all this stuff about personal finance. Like we had okay, so we already have the club. We already wrote it down in our CVs. Like now we have these people waiting for the talk. So what are we gonna actually say, <laughs> right? So then we we got kind of got looking at all this stuff. That's um yeah, that's interesting. I actually, had a question. So uh, most of the people who like in, do engineering. Uh, so you mentioned that you did engineering and you didn't really, you know, you weren't really as interested in that. But then what made you realize that finance is what you want to do? And like, what was like the factors that made you shift your, not shift, but like focus more on the courses of finance? And was it out of like personal passion? Was it something that you've heard is a very hot field and you wanted to try that? Or was there any other reason? Mm-hmm. So... I was always in in these sort of fields because I was good at math I, and I didn't like, I don't know, history, geography. So I kind of knew that I was more on the mathematics side. And But when I took this first course in my industrial engineering career, which was the equivalent of financial mathematics, like it's like a very preliminary course. Um, and I saw the, the kind of exercises because it was like that in engineering, right? You get a lot of exercise on the topic and that's how the examinations go. Once I, I, I noticed the, the topics in the headings of the problems were related to money and how people use the money and, and where, where does it come from, where does it go, what to do with it, it clicked with me. It seemed very, very interesting. Better than talking about the, and no offense, of course, it's personal taste. Better than talking about what happens with the machines and the production plant and the and the workers and so on, right? Like this, this is cool. I like. It. <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> That's nice to you. Okay, let's now dive into the titular question for the episode, which is: uh, Why do you think uh, personal finance education is important from a young age? Mm-hmm. So. You see, you can conduct, let me, let me frame it in another way. Like there are different steps to knowing about something. Like mm-hmm. first is when you don't even know the subject exists and you live in bliss as you don't know about. Then comes a stage when you realize this subject exists and then you, wanna, you realize you don't know about it and you kind of worry. Then you start knowing about something and you get overconfident. You think you know more than what you actually know. And then eventually comes a time when you actually do can calibrate better where you are, what's the road ahead. So it seems like people do not go through this learning process regarding stuff 
that actually has a deep impact throughout their lives. Like, you know, you have to get money somehow because when you grow up, you see, well, there is always the necessities like shelter, clothes, food. And there's also the nice things to have. Like I want to go out with my friends. I want to buy this. I want to see the movies. I don't know. I want to eat uh, nice food. So you say, well, I need money for, to do this, right? And, and that's like the, the most level of introspection people go about. And then they just wander off, hoping that you get enough money from your job or whatever, or your entrepreneurship or whatever you do, and hoping it lasts enough to pay for all your expenses and your nice to have. And then you realize, hi, I, I need a house, I need a car, it's, it's not enough. So then you get a loan, somehow you get more money and then you just hope that whatever money you make lasts to pay for this interest on the loan or whatever and also for it and and that's it and then you stumble upon things you didn't know were important like then you stumble upon taxes you stumble upon retirement and you just take it as it goes and you just kind of flow adrift right like wherever the tides uh, pull you however you can also go about it in a smart way what if since a young age, you knew, okay, this is how the world works, right? You need money because it's the terms of exchange and you cannot do everything and so on and so forth. And the best way to think about this is what would I need to do with this money and how much does it take to do the stuff I want to do and how much will I get and how much will I spend? And you are already doing a budget, like you don't even need to know it explicitly, but you are taking a more more active stand in the matter rather than just being a, a passive uh, onlooker. So it's really important for people to take this active stand in something that impacts so deeply in their lives. And you need some knowledge for that. Like you can only get so far on intuition. You need to know how savings work, how investment work, what is an interest rate, how much they charge you for a loan, like, and what kind of investments there are, what are the issues with taxes? Like, what is insurance? Why is it good to be insured in case something bad happens? Like, what is a reasonable cost for this? Or what should I expect to do with that? Like, you cannot even think about the possibilities if you don't know what the, the possibilities are. So I think it's really helpful for people to get a grasp on those concepts from a young age. And it's something that the education system currently does not provide. Well, I know here in Peru certainly doesn't, it doesn't provide a lot of things. I, I think the, the same situation repeats abroad too, but it's something where globally as a, as a species, I don't know, as a community, we are kind of lacking. Um, yeah, I think on the basis of education, I was just going to jump in on that. Even the Indian education system, um, up until your eighth grade, you... I don't know if this is across all the different boards that exist in India, but at least the ones that I did study in up until the eighth grade, you don't really have anything related remotely to economics, finance, or like the basic understanding of what money is. You have geography, you have history, you have different sciences, but there's no focus on this. And then when you go to your ninth and 10th grade, it's only when you make a decision of whether you want to do science or you want to do um you know, economics or something else, then you choose your path. And it isn't something, it should be something that's a foundation skill to have. It should be something that's taught to all at a young age and not just a, a class or a course you take uh, as an option or a choice. Um, and I think it's because of that. So a lot of the words you just used were, I was hearing them for the first time and I'm 23 years old. So 
that just shows how um yeah how you know how the education system should have possibly had that as a young age and why i feel like it is because money literally is the crux of life right i don't know if everyone believe like agrees with this or not but every single thing you do money is involved in it whether it's uh, your education you, you don't even you don't even need yeah. to agree on that and it's true <laughs> <laughs> it is true and i completely like whatever it is like whether it's you know if you just want to exist also you need a place to exist in even if you don't want to do anything you are you've given up on all the worldly luxuries in life you still need some kind of um shelter or some kind of food or yeah if you talk about career you talk about education you talk about your marriage your children you you want to travel you need money to travel you need to eat it's it's literally everywhere and not knowing what to do with that and kind of uh, as eric mentioned like going through the tough route of trying to figure it out as in when situations come is not the very best way to deal with um personal financing so i think that it's so important to learn at least the foundations of what all of these things are at yeah. a younger age so that you know what's coming like you know this is what is going to come in life and you can prepare for it beforehand rather than getting hit with your first i'm i'm ashamed to tell you i don't know what a mortgage is i'm ashamed <laughs> to tell you but i don't know what it is i honestly don't and i don't it's it's better to know it beforehand than come to a situation where you're like oh shit this is it yes, so yeah. that's what i believe okay So I have three points I want to say. The first one is about the Indian education system. So I went through, like, I took up economics in my high school, and and then I had, I mean, I took up computer science engineering as my undergrad, and then I went uh, to B school in the US. But even after studying all of this, like, even even studying finance, uh, there is this lacuna of talking about personal finance. So like, I know how to pick stocks for. Uh, a prop fund or for a hedge fund and you know the the, the whole mechanics of how that will work out but i still yeah. did not know how i would pick stocks for myself because the dynamics the tax rates uh, i i did not know there was something called a tax deferred and a tax exempt account uh, in uh-huh. like you know uh-huh. every country Th- those kind of things so so i feel like personal finance dedicated uh, needs to be taught like not just like finance or economics at sort of like a macro level or even at like an institutional level or you know like learning how to do a dcf is also has absolutely no bearing on you know your understanding of personal finance the the second thing yeah. is uh, concepts like time value of money like so in 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 western countries there's this kind of culture of you know living beyond your means you use your credit card even if like you know you're earning a thousand dollars you spend 1500 using your credit card and the credit revolves and you pile up an interest in india that that kind of culture is not there in india we are more like conservative so people like to save but where the stupidity comes in is that people just leave a lot of people have them lying as cash or they have them lying as you know cash in their savings account which again is preposterous if you know the time value of money that if you're not investing your money somewhere 100 rupees uh-huh. today is only 98 rupees next year and it is 96 rupees the year after that so this yes. is an important you know sort of concept of finance which honestly until i went through level 1 of the cfa curriculum i did not know even after having you know studied uh, a management course after having economics and this and that like Uh, time value of money was taught to us as a concept in mathematics in high school but how do you apply that and why it makes sense and how to look at money and how to look at so like 
for example now when i look at making expensive purchases like for example if you want to buy a car if you want uh buy a house and they have these different payment plans where you know you can pay it up front and it's a little cheaper if you pay it in installments or you pay it a year after you get the possession of the house for example it's a little more expensive uh, now i have this understanding of time value of money so i figure that calculation in and i realize sometimes you know holding on is actually better because the interest rate they're charging is uh, much less than uh-huh. what i could get if you know i put it in the bank and then pay them a year later so those kind of uh uh-huh. things you become more uh conscientious about like for example uh tesla with their so elon musk launches cyber truck car uh the pickup truck electric pickup truck in 2019 and you had to pay 500 dollars or something and then as as booking fees and then 3 years later you'd get delivery of your truck and if you wanted you could withdraw at that point of time now people all jumped in you know thinking that okay fine this is great you know you you're blocking and then you can reverse but imagine 500 dollars from thousands of people he's going to keep that for 3 years the amount of money is going to make just off of interest so with with uh, you know understanding finance and how it works you start understanding you know these these kind of concepts which otherwise as a consumer you just feel like oh why these people are such nice people they're just you know sort of giving things away uh, and yes. and then the th- third thing where it really hit me was when jeff bezos became the richest man in the world and so someone did a calculation of so so uh, you know whenever you tell people that you should save money or you should invest money the counter argument is always that you know i can get a higher paying job uh, so when jeff bezos became the richest man in the world someone did a calculation which basically said that if you had if you were earning 5000 dollars every single day and you were putting that in your savings you would need to be earning since the time of jesus christ uh, till <laughs> present day and you would still not reach the amount of wealth he has so that completely underscores the fact that you know you cannot you cannot uh, grow assets or wealth with just you know your salary garrick so uh, why do you think this sort of you know personal finance education is is lacking in society i know it's lacking in india it's lacking in peru uh, i can speak for the us and the uk at least the two countries that i've lived in there is uh okay. sort of the serious lacking of you know explaining to people what a tax deferred versus a tax exempt account is or the concept of time value of money like why do you think this is lacking in the societal educational curriculum mm-hmm. so there are there are some aspects like there are some uh, personal aspects so to speak like it, it's hard to have the discipline required to build a budget and you might not know the easier way to handle it So once people get to, to once people are questioned about that like it's like oh, I, I don't want to get to think to this like it's like doing exercise eating healthy like it, it's perceived in the, in that sort of manner like be responsible with your finances but it it necessarily it shouldn't be that way like you don't need to get into a super complex or detailed budget there are easier ways to go about it but you need the knowledge to do this and so if it doesn't start at home sort of say this financial literacy then it should start like at school but doing a little research on the subject there are not many teachers who feel comfortable currently in the educational system teaching those concepts so then there would be some sort of big investment coming from the governments to teach the current teachers or to hire new teachers for this like 
they will need to do some investing in education, which is typically not popular because you do it in your mandate as a president or prime minister, and then you see the effects like many, many years later. So you prioritize things that, that give you more short-term advantage. And, and so here is like, I don't know if you guys know this YouTube channel, it's called Stuff They Don't Want You To Know. It branched out from this website called How Stuff Works. I don't know if you knew it from your days in elementary school. But so they have these videos where they, they start with here are the facts and then they tell you the, the stuff and then they say here's what they don't want you to know here's where it gets crazy right so just to go off on a, on a tangent regarding my own conspiracy theories I think it's pretty much related to consumerism like the big companies don't want you to start thinking about this because they kind of make a lot of more profit if people use their money irresponsibly. Uh, they they have a lot to earn that way. Also, once you start getting into concepts like the one you previously mentioned of time value of money, you start getting more critical thinkers. You have the citizens that challenge, why do I have to do this? If I could do other stuff that is a better opportunity, like why don't I start a, a company? It's probably better than this day-to-day -day job. Like, so you get people that are more and more agitated. And this also happens, I started talking about the elections here in Peru because it's like people don't, don't necessarily uh, get the idea why, why having money circulating in the economy is important. Like there is this investment, it's a country that is development, is in development, so you need uh, foreign investment. And there are some policies that go for it, that go against it, then that creates more jobs, people have more income, they consume more and so on and so forth. And it's like a cloud of, of lack of knowledge. Like people don't trust these institutions. They don't trust the, the government. They don't trust the bank because they have a history of, of getting, taking advantage of like, and there's this history of corruption or whatever. But if you don't have the knowledge, you cannot gain the clarity or the light to, to sort of separate what is fact, what is fiction, what is conspiracy, what actually makes sense, what is just a speculation. But if you don't have the, the reference framework, so to speak, or, or the concepts, the key ideas to navigate this, it's like it's intentionally clouded. Like, like you don't want people figuring all this stuff out. I think that is why it hasn't been pushed so far, or more probably because of the budget constraints on the education system. That's more likely the answer, I hope. <laughs> That's a very interesting take, Eric. I was. So when you when you mentioned that you wanted to talk about you know this sort of slightly more out there concept of why at a more systemic level this isn't there, I wasn't sure where you were going to go with it, but I think what you said makes a lot of sense. And kind of to add to you, so for example, one of the pillars of kind of personal finance is to spend money on things that are assets rather than liabilities. So invest in stocks rather than you know buying a new expensive car which will then have recurrent expenses of insurance fuel maintenance etc etc yeah. and yeah. if more and more people start thinking like that the entire luxury car industry will you know sort of collapse it's only like the one percent will start this 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 whole subsection of society which basically stretches their uh, savings to you know make purchases to kind of make themselves look rich, which is buying these luxury cars or luxury products. Like that whole segment, which I don't have the statistics, but I'm assuming is is a big chunk of <laughs> their customer base yeah. that will just disappear overnight. So yes, 
and and then of course all of these sort of manipulative sales practices that these companies have where they like oh you we don't charge you anything and you just give us for example uh venmo uh, is a payment uh, splitting payment p2p payment app in the us which is extremely popular it runs uh, it's owned by paypal and people use it all the time there's no like they literally don't charge you any money uh, to use it but at any point of time they have thousands of dollars people have thousands of dollars sitting in their venmo wallet uh at a aggregated okay. national level that's a lot of money which can be invested and good amount of return can be on so those kind of concepts you kind of <laughs> people will become more conscientious about it rather than just feeling oh like people i have so many friends who are like oh venmo is so great they're so nice you know they just let us send money without okay. uh you know charging anything but they have like 5000 10000 in their venmo wallet repository so yeah <laughs> um yeah also they they i think there is this kind of fear like you know people have different risk aversion factors yeah. people sometimes can stomach more they have the ability to take more uncertainty others don't but others who have the ability they don't have the willingness to take more uncertainty i think there is a lot of confusion regarding what is investing and what is entrepreneurship what is a passive and an active investment and why is not the same thing like you can just like you said you can just have this money instead of deposited in an account that pays nothing you can just have a term deposit or a, a savings account that pays you at least some interest some interest and you are not doing active entrepreneurship like you would need to start a business or something like that then there's a, there might be some fear right like what happens if i lose and all that stuff comes down to education about investments and sort of their their risk return profile and so on true and and i think so awfully there's this trend of especially people looking to invest in cryptocurrencies or you know the meme stocks that the whole gamestop yeah. movement happened and and there what i've started seeing as a challenge is that people want results immediately like they now when you think of investing you tell someone who wants that you know you should invest money they're looking for like you know 50% return annually or even sometimes even higher than that and then there yeah. that is what it is uh and there's a quote which i in fact have on my notion workspace homepage so that i keep reminding myself every single day which is uh most people underestimate overestimate what they can achieve in a day and underestimate what they can achieve in a year and i feel like that logic holds true for like investing in finances as well uh people want immediate returns in short amounts of time whereas they don't look at how compound interest and you know investing for a longer time kind of plays out and uh, the other challenge i feel is that people are extremely uh, what in today's generation uh, the meme lingo would be paper hands where people see a dip happening a little bit and then they just sell everything whereas you should invest and if you've invested in a good blue chip stock for example you should hold on and look at it for more like a 5 year 10 year perspective rather than oh my stock fell down yeah. i should you know just exit so these these kind of things are also i mean of course these are like probably second level when you come to personal finance uh, these people are obviously uh, yeah. most people are not even investing in stocks but i'm saying that is where once you start getting into it you need the right kind of guidance rather than just you know blindly uh, following mm-hmm. uh, sort of like a you know it's important where you get this information from like now 
in Instagram yeah. on TikTok, TikTok, you have all these sort of finance influencers who are giving out information. A lot of them like mm-hmm. uh, forex trading is something that's that's becoming very very popular in like Generation Z. It's seen as as a quick way to make money, but uh, and you have all these sort of savants who who claim that they can teach you how to FX trade and make five thousand dollars in three days and things like that. I feel like uh, it's important to kind of be wary of uh, those kind of people. Yeah, I think going on on that same path, I think getting to know personal finance will naturally getting to know about investments, and of course they can move through irrationality and behavioral biases, but you will naturally come to think about the fundamentals, like what is happening with the economy, with this industry, with this firm. So eventually, I think the dream would be that people would be as responsible with their countries or government's finances as they are with their own, right? Like it would create more uh, scrutiny, more overwatch on what whatever politicians do with the money, right? Like it, gets, it should get you thinking down that road. True, true. Uh... Although in, in countries where uh, the corruption is at an all-time high, it's hard to think in uh-huh. sort of that, that kind of mind. But yeah, for, for yeah. countries where you know corruption is not there, I think that, that is the way to do yeah. That's why I study in Canada. Of the <laughs> <laughs> uh, nice. Okay, so let's, let's get to the final um, sort of question of nicely tie this up. Uh, I have sort of like a two-parter, the... You can choose to answer whichever part first you want, you'd like. Go ahead. But the first part is, what are some resources that someone is, for example, if Akshita wants to learn more about, you know, the basics of personal finance, what are some resources that you really like or you would recommend? And second is sort of like the subheadings or headings or almost like a checklist of things to kind of make sure that, you know, you have a good understanding of. And we touched upon them a little bit, but maybe like a, like a, yeah, sort out list of okay. Think about your savings, think about your investments, and terms like that, sort of like that. I'm literally going to note down the answer. Like I'm <laughs> actually taking my pen and paper. I'm going to nice write down this answer. Great. I, I really hope this this talk was helpful and not more confusing or more scary. <laughs> no, no, no. I think it was more insightful, and like I'm waiting for this answer now so that like I can go Perfect. and find those resources. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, Anna, it's great that you asked in that order. The answer is goes hand in hand, right? Yeah. Like you need to to know about this stuff. Is like you need to look at the concepts and see if you feel comfortable applying each and one of them to your life. And the sources would be in line with that. Like, what is the best way to learn this this point or this other point? But before getting into the specifics, I think one particular uh, reason is to question yourself, why? Like, why do you want to do this? What, what is the why coordinate guiding you here? So why should be important? Um, I think there are some books that really help you get in, into that mindset, right? And once you buy yourself the idea that it is important, then going through the, the checklist or the reading list becomes easier. So I think you guys also will have some something to contribute here. But for instance, I have this, this recommendation, like, there is the this the four hour work week by Tim Ferriss or the Millionaire Fast Line by MJ DeMarco. Like there are these books that get you into the mindset. The 10x rule by Grant Cardone. 
the hard thing about hard things, zero to one. There, there are these books that get you into this mindset, like you should take advantage of, of your life. You should make the most out of it. Like, and then naturally you say, oh, okay, so getting in charge of my finance and my money is a big deal. There is this, I don't know, Kiyosaki, uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, uh, those sort of books. I don't know if before I get into the specifics on, on the list for personal finance, you would like to to comment a little bit more on, on this first stage about the mindset? Uh, no, I mean, so, so the, the problem with this discussion is that I'm, I've, I'm also into all of this and I'm in agreement with everything <laughs> you're saying. In fact, when you said four hour work week, my eyes lit up and Akshita's eyes yeah, I saw. I mentioned it like <laughs> Talked about this so much. a gazillion times on this podcast. So, uh, so I don't want to, I don't okay. want to respond to this because it's going to become a circle jerk where, you know, we both disagree with each other. So, Akshita, if you have, uh, if you want uh, Eric to clarify on what he said, do that because I am yes. already in agreement with everything he's saying. <laughs> <laughs> no, so uh, Eric, you mentioned first getting into the mindset of, you know, actually, why do you want to do this and uh, trying to understand your reasons more than just trying to get them. But then, okay, so for some people who do not have that inherent understanding or passion or, um, just the motivation to actually want to do this but but also this is a life skill to have whether you like it or not this is something that you want to and you should probably be like learning either ways so um i've seen i've heard a lot of situations where like my friends also like me who do not have any understanding in finance who have gone ahead and read these books and are still as clueless as to okay fine like it's it's great that i need to know all of this but i'm still not motivated enough Or I'm not understanding that, okay, fine, what do I start with? How do I go about it? So, okay, okay. Um, yeah. That's the next part of the answer. But just, just to close <laughs> on this first part. Uh, so the first uh, part is to get the motivation to understand yeah, why it's important. You need to bear in mind that money is not the ultimate goal. Like money is the means to a goal. So you should have your goals first. Like what kind of lifestyle do I want? Do I want to give my family? The kind of things I would like that I currently cannot do. Uh, if I had that, those things that go through your head and say, if I had more money, I could do this. Well, maybe you can. Like that, that should be the starting point for all this motivation. Now, to get in, into the more specifics, there is, I don't know if I think everyone should know this, but do you guys know Reddit? There is this subreddit called Personal What's Finance. <laughs> <laughs> that is a, I think that is the best source. There, is, uh, there, is, uh, there are other sources. There is this website, I think it's called Modly Fool or, or The Fool, I don't know what, Modly, yeah. but it, it's all, sometimes they talk about stocks, but they also have some articles regarding personal finance. And once you get to those, uh, to those sources, you can search specifically for the, for the topics, but I think it's easier if you just start with the topics and Google them and then just check out some, some results for yourself and form an opinion. It's like getting a grasp on the topics, actually. So these topics, and, and this is the suggested order for the course, for the syllabus, it should be like, first, you start with savings. Like, what are savings? How can I save more? And that will give you the answer or, or start thinking about what are these small expenses that you don't actually need, but you do. So just start to get a grasp on savings and how to get more savings. That is step one. And step two should be something like, what is a budget? And then if you just Google that, you're going to be scared by the results because you can get very technical. You can look at it like, if I was a firm, what would I do? But it's more like, how can I keep track 
of the things that I spend and given that history in the recent months, what should I expect for in the upcoming months? And it's a work in progress. It's not like you do your budget and it's great and it finishes there. It's more like I think this should be, then you get another month of information of your life and then you adjust it and you make it better. Did I leave too much space, not enough space? And then you go and then you just ask yourself, in this month, why did I overspend? Why did why did I underspend or whatever? So you start thinking about how much money comes in and where it goes. That should be the budget, really. No, like, and there are a lot of uh, helpful ways to do it. Simpler thing. You you can then go to TikTok or Instagram Reels or or searching the hashtags like budget, personal budget. And I think in that sense, it would really help. There are also some apps that tell you if you spend via credit card where the expenses go. I think one was called Mint. I don't know if it's in every country. So go savings and then budget. Then the next step should be debt. You should really understand what is a credit score, credit scoring agency reports, and why is it important? Why do you need to have a good grade? Why do you need to start building a, a score history? Because it would then help you with loans. And also thinking about debt will naturally get you thinking about interest and what are uh, repayment calendars and how is interest calculated? What is the difference between effective interest and nominal interest? Does it include all the fees? So on and so forth. So then you get a grasp on what is debt, how is it used? And then the next step, given that it is personal finance, should be how to use credit cards responsibly. And then you will notice that it was it is a good way to start building your credit score, but uh, you can use it very smartly if it doesn't go against the savings principle of not overspending. If you are already doing your groceries in a certain place, maybe if you get their credit card, you can get some promotions or savings on some money off. So, and if you pay that on time, you don't generate additional interest. So you are you are doing savings, you are building uh, your credit scoring and so on. Like, like those kind of discussions should arise when you get into credit cards. And then once you go through savings and debt, you get to investment. And that might be a little more abstract because you need to understand the characteristics of different investments. But I would suggest at least start understanding what is a savings account, what, what is a term deposit, what are mutual funds, what are exchange-traded funds or ETFs. And once you understand how those works, the natural part would be taxes because different regulations have different taxes. But it will come naturally. Like, what is the best to, but what is the best way to maximize my return or gains so that taxes don't erode too much into it? And then finally, it's like this whole chapter about the future, which is sort of retirement insurance, uh, getting a home, getting uh, your car. Like you start to thinking about the goals in life. Where are you headed, and what are the considerations around it? I think that is a a, a good way to go about it. Wow. I, I'm literally I'm actually overwhelmed but I'm also so interested because now it's like a step-by-step -step plan and also kind of in a nice timeline way it's not abstract and overwhelming it's like yeah first you get money how do you keep it and then how do you track it how do you yeah. plan for the next upcoming months etc etc so I have noted this down beautifully I hope this, I can that is from my basing industrial or process engineering like I can do Gantt <laughs> I can do something is doing that. No, I think uh, Eric Eric covered everything that I could potentially think of and he did it patiently, step by step, talking about 
and so if someone would have asked me for like personal finance advice i would not even have thought of like you know getting into that mindset because like i said i'm already there so i cannot that that thought does not cross my mind of okay someone is coming from a completely different mindset so first to get and so this is the expertise of you know someone who has experience in teaching because that's that's eric's uh, expertise and experience in being a teacher so <laughs> yeah truly uh, truly uh, yeah but i i'll just add a couple of uh, my my points to this Uh, so the first one was like bang on about like the the books uh, that get you into the mindset uh, two books that uh, so work for our work week is actually like for me more than just personal finance it was just life reading about how i look at life in general how i look look at like you know 9 to 5 versus passive income and and yeah. i think the, the 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 seminal statement was that most people don't want to be rich like uh, nobody wants a gazillion dollars in their bank account they want to get to the lifestyle that rich people afford where you know you don't have to go to a job uh, every single day and you can be on a beach sipping margaritas and not worry about it so those are two different things having a gazillion dollars versus being on a beach sipping margaritas without having to go to a 9 to 5 so that was uh, but when it comes to like co talking about like these personal finance concepts uh, two books that that i really like was one was called the total money makeover by dave ramsey uh, it's a, an extremely popular book the second one right. is extremely cheesy and i don't like the title at all but it's a very good book it's called i will teach you to be rich by ramit sethi uh, but that both of them are very good book and then the the reddit that uh, eric mentioned i was also going to say so r/personalfinance is is a reddit for like personal finance and stuff and there's like for example a canadian version as well so canadian personal finance or personal finance canada and uh, and and then when you start getting into this personal finance stuff and reading about so there are two things that you kind of have to read about and understand one is like the general concepts of like okay these are taxes these are investments these are bank accounts and the other hand is like for example now if you're looking to open a bank account which is the best bank account you can open in the country that you're in which one like comparing savings rate or if you're talking about credit cards which is the best credit card to get are you talking about insurances then you know should you get geico should you get this or you filing taxes then you should should you so those are more like specific information and uh, so these books are sort of good ways to build your foundation structure of you know understanding the core sort of pillars mm-hmm. of personal finance and i feel something like a reddit or there are a few facebook groups so there there's a there's an alternative lifestyle movement called the fire movement which is financial independence retire early and the philosophy right. of these people is that they basically while they're working their nine to five they they're living extremely uh, frugally they're trying to save all their money so that they reach a point where the interest from their investments is is more than their daily expenditure so they never have to work after that so like they have like once they hit 40 years excellent age, after that you know their their interests and their rental income and all of these things are more than their expenses and they generally do this sort of geographical arbitrage so they might be living in canada or the us yeah. and then they move to portugal or uh, some of the southeast asian countries so it makes it even easier so so there are some facebook groups where you know people talk about this so uh, those are also good resources to ask like specific examples so like right now we are all looking to move to canada so i'm part of these groups especially the canadian ones and Uh, so they keep me up to date on which is the best bank account which is the best credit card which is the best sort of uh, so yeah just adding to what eric said these would only but otherwise i think 
you man you you did it so patiently like i would not have the patience i just said i think about your series about your expenses this 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 <laughs> okay thanks no but it's just to compliment it's very important to get all these tools or websites to do comparisons because eventually this will lead to ideally a beauty contest between the providers that will give you the consumer the services and there are probably various websites depending on your country that compare like different interest rates and accounts and which is better so that that is really good to have on the radar exactly yes uh, thank you so much guys i have literally <laughs> so much information now i hope i am going to come back to both of you and bully you both to keep keep updating me with what i should do what i should not do at least with this information <laughs> yeah next nice. uh, so before we wrap up do you guys have any final points that you want to add i don't think so i think it has been very things have been very extensive as much as it needed to be i hope not that much but i think it was good that only akshita will be able to tell whether it was too much or <laughs> <laughs> no 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 it was it was it was beautiful because it was structured and every time i like someone talks to me about this topic it's very overwhelming for me because there are so many words just floating around which i know they i mean i know what it is but then the fear of oh no i don't know what like in depth information about this and i have to like study that or learn more about it but this entire conversation uh, right from why it's important and you know why there are so many people like me who do not know it because of how the education systems are and also eric's beautiful conspiracy theory about it which made so much sense i think it was an amazing discussion i don't have anything else to add to it great all right uh sweet then we can move on to the final segment of the episode which is a funny or insightful thing uh read or experienced eric do you have anything to share actually just conspiracy theories in general like and i know it it's not like good uh how to say it's not good advertisement for me to just go on on this topic i mean i already mentioned it we kind of rush it off and you would think okay now you're safe you don't need to keep talking about this but no i actively i actively bring it up once again <laughs> but it, it's, i think it's really fun like i don't know if they are true or not because it's like you you have some convincing evidence but then you also uh, it's, it's a, like a fun way to to keep your your imagination going right like once you start wandering into things you might find some patterns and then you say well yeah it could be right and it's fun to imagine it is for instance getting into all these finance and banking things is like what happened with Abraham Lincoln and Kennedy and why were they shot were they shot by the banking cartels and <laughs> and the central bank that wants to amass all the assets of the people so i don't think that's true but you know it is a fine conspiracy theory no, definitely I, th- i think maybe we should do a dedicated episode about why conspiracy theories are so engaging and prevalent why <laughs> why we like to, and then they're, they're universal like it's not it's not like a certain group uh, irrespective of where you come from what education level you have people all have if you are more educated your conspiracy theories are a little more sophisticated if you're less educated yeah. you have conspiracy theories like or the covid vaccine as a tracking chip or 5g towers yeah, yeah. cause coronavirus <laughs> if you are a little more educated then then they get a little more sophisticated more less to it but i think everyone enjoys uh, talking about it so yeah that, that's definitely an episode we should have Maybe we can have eric come chat about it over this <laughs> <Gladly. size. laughs> definitely <Gladly. laughs> uh, that would be great <laughs> okay 
uh, fan question, Eric. Uh, who would you like to see next featured on this podcast from our cohort? Mm, I think there are, there are a lot of, of guys I have talked well, guys and girls that I have talked to recently with the new meetings that mm-hmm. have actually not, not, not have been in the, in the mixers. Mm-hmm. So I think it can be something regarding personality, but I would like to get to know some of those people maybe. Like, what do they think about things? Things so far, they have been kind of hard to reach. <laughs> do you have like an, a specific name for us, maybe? I mean, I, I don't want to compromise people, but I don't know <laughs> if you guys know know Rafael. Rafael, uh, no, he's, he he's... comes from from Colombia. Yeah. So, for instance, I, I chat a while ago. It was a fun chat. Definitely, we've noted him his name down, and uh, we'll reach out to him soon. Uh, yeah, but <laughs> so if you listen to this, sorry, sorry, man. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Rafael, you you've been put on this part. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm sure uh, it'll be a fun conversation with Rafael as well. Okay, so uh, anyway, man, thank you so much for joining us today, Eric. I think you've given us a very um, educational, interesting, thrilling, uh, like this podcast episode had all all sorts of. So it was uh, very, very uh, entertaining for me personally. I, I, I laughed, so I much. cried, I learned. <laughs> <laughs> Everything, yeah. <laughs> uh, right. Hopefully not, not too much of crying. It's mostly going to be Rafael who's going to be crying when we chat. <laughs> I cried for Lincoln. Yeah, you guys, Lincoln and Kennedy. <laughs> yes, I cried for the assassinated president. Yeah, but thank you so much for joining. Uh, yes, yeah. uh, thank Thanks you so much, me. Eric. Yeah, it was it was as Anak. Remembering what Anak said, it's gonna it's been an amazing conversation, and it's gonna be more amazing for me to go back and kind of re re listen to this conversation and get right. some more insights out of it. It's so yes, thank you so much. <laughs> You did well. Yeah. You did well. No pressure. Satisfied. I think you. <laughs> Satis- we yeah. we are satisfied customers. We will yeah. give you five stars on your feedback form. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Uh, okay. Thanks for hosting, guys. I really like this initiative. Great. Uh, thank, thank, thank you. you. All right. Okay. I'm going to stop recording.